Ridgerunner Nation, what is up? John here. Hope you guys are having a great day. We are here on Ridgerunner Live number three as we sit down with Alex Jackson and Cam Wrench, two very young and fantastic runners in the ultra running world. Um, we listen to their stories, how they got into running, some of the injuries that they've got to go through throughout their careers and their future goals. So hope you enjoy. And we are live. Awesome. All right. Welcome, Ridge Runner Nation. We are back for another Ridge Runner Live episode. We have Cam Wrench and Alex Jackson on the show this week. We have Cam Wrench and Alex Jackson. Um, what just happened? Um, yeah. Um, as you know, we're short a little bit. We're missing an individual. Um, can you guys guess who that is? Oh, wait a minute. It's Wesley. Someone want to talk about where Wesley is right now and why he's not on the show? so he's a little occupied so he says so yeah he's not with us so i hope he comes back soon but all right we can get into some intros here real quick um first off i mean i think the most important part to talk about is the the beer that we're drinking this evening and um i'm i'm over here with some more java stout i have i've been lazy since last week and have not gone out and got anything else so i'm finishing up that six pack um what do you got over there alex uh, same brewery, but uh, who cooks for you from Jackie O's? That's a good choice. Yeah, uh, and I'm working with a Fist City Chicago Pale Ale from Revolution Brewing Company. So nice. Um, all right, so Wesley will be back with us here shortly. He is apparently driving to his house, his Hawaii house. <laughs> so that he can jump in and um, join us. So everything's going to go wonky when he joins us, but we'll just preempt that. But until then, we can go ahead and get started without him. Um, first off, I guess maybe a quick little introductions of who you guys are. Um, and you're part of Ridge Runners Nation, so everyone should know, you know, if you follow Ridge Runners Nation on Strava, you should see all their runs. But um, Cam, why don't you go first and tell us who you are, a little bit about yourself. Okay. Uh, I'm Cam. Uh, I'm a graduate student at the University of Chicago. I have a bachelor's from Ohio State. If you can't tell, I'm used to introducing myself in an academic sense, so had to start there. Um, I'm originally from Tuscarawas County, Ohio. Um, just moved out to Chicago here in the fall to start working on my master's degree. Obviously, I'm in Ridge Runners. I run ultras, you know, not particularly fast, but uh, I have ran them, so. I am uh, Alex Jackson. Uh, I grew up in Solon, up in Northeast Ohio, uh, where I used to bark with uh, with those runners up there. Um, and I went to Ohio University, where I unfortunately met Wesley, uh, and uh, things kind of went south from there. Ran some ultras uh, uh, in college, and then I graduated uh, in the spring of 2019 and shortly after moved to Columbus where I am a fellow working at the Ohio state house. Um, so I now live and work in Columbus, uh, but I've been injured for the last few months. Uh, my knee has been kind of weird. Uh, we'll, we'll call it weird. Um, haven't been running nearly as much as I would prefer, uh, since running Shawnee, uh, 50 miler back in October. So it's been a good three months now, but the last couple of weeks I've made some progress and I'm finally getting some miles in again. So that's where I'm at. It's good. Does it feel back? Feel good to be running kind of again? It does. It does. Yeah. 
yeah, we're definitely going to jump more into that topic uh, as we move forward. Um, but first, I kind of want to figure out like um, running and ultra running and why maybe you guys enjoyed or got into the sport. Um, I know you said you met Wesley when you're at OU, and is that the is he the reason that you started to run and like long distance, or have you been were you doing that beforehand or or what? Yeah, so I, throughout high school, I was running track and cross country, and I. I kind of, <laughs> it was fun. Like I enjoyed the experience, but the actual racing, like five Ks and two miles on the track, like I didn't really like that very much. It was real competitive, real fast. And I couldn't hang with the big guns. Um, so I was always throughout high school. I knew I wanted to run a marathon uh, shortly after graduation. So I signed up for the Columbus marathon, which was during the fall of my freshman year at OU. So I got a marathon under my belt pretty quickly after high school um but I, I that was kind of it for then i didn't think i would ever I, I wanted to run ultras but i was like ah that's like what you know older people who own land uh end up doing uh later on in life so i wasn't like too urgent about it i didn't think it was realistic for you know someone my age or in college or whatever to do that but then i met wesley and the first run with him was when wesley was running uh five 10 mile loops around Stroud's run the Harton route um and I was like okay so there's this crazy kid who goes to OU who's doing a 50 mile trail run on Saturday uh and all of a sudden I realized maybe uh I wasn't the craziest one um and seeing someone else who was crazier kind of like showed that it was feasible to do and uh yeah, so I, I definitely credit Wesley with uh, helping me make that jump um, from marathon to to ultras. Nice. Looks like Wesley finally decided to grace us with some sort of presence. Um, but you've pretty much stuck with ultra running, right? Has that been pretty much your main focus since you started long distance? Yeah, stuff? I, I've been a couple marathons in um, since kind of just to like see where I was at uh I really didn't like it like this summer I decided to run the uh or was in May I ran uh the Cleveland Rite Aid marathon decided relatively late to just kind of test my fitness and it was a hot day and I kind of bonked at the end and was not fun um was was off my PR from a couple years earlier uh and don't know if I'll ever do one. I'm sure I will but I, I tell myself I, I don't think I'll do one ever again, hmm. at least not in your future. Cam, what about you? What got you into this long distance activity? Yeah. Um so I've like ran um for a large portion of my life, but never seriously, um, until probably about three years ago. You know, uh like the football team would run like sidelines and three hundreds. Um and I once was a part of a four by one that the throwers on the track team ran with a pizza box. So I guess you could say I started preparing as early as Alex um, with that, like, you know, seven to eight years of uh, cross country and track and field that he did. Uh, but yeah, so I first sort of heard about trail running um, when I saw the Barkley Marathons documentary on Netflix. Uh, this was my freshman year of college. Um, and I remember seeing it. Uh, it's the one that was on Netflix. It's not anymore. Um, and thinking like, wow, that kind of looks like the part of Ohio that I'm from where they're having this race at. 
Um, and I was like, I wonder what it would do, like what it would take, you know, or what it would feel like to do a race like that. Um, and then I pretty much forgot about it, like right away. Um, and I still like, I tried to keep fit. I would go to the gym, I would run occasionally. Um, but then when uh, my sophomore year rolled around, I started working too. Uh, and I just sort of fell out of everything that I was doing for fitness. Um, and to put it the way Alex likes to, I was a washed up linebacker uh, who was drinking too much beer and smoking too much pot. And I felt like I was getting pretty fat, to be honest. Uh, and I wanted to do something to kind of get back in shape, but I had zero desire to lift weights anymore. Uh, I had done that for a long time, you know, and it just it was giving nothing to me. You know, there's no way to like get hyped up about doing like four sets of 10 deadlifts when there's like no, you know, stupid football game that's going to come up on Friday night. So uh, I signed up for a road half marathon in Columbus. It was the broke man's half marathon. Um, those are on like January 6th, um, but they're also like $20 and it's what like I could afford. And then I took one of those like free Hal Higdon plans uh, mm. off the internet and I started training and then I ran this race and somewhere like along the way, running stopped being this thing that I did for exercise and I started doing it because I liked it. Uh, it sort of like went from, you know, like fitness to hobby. Um, and then I sort of like put two and two together that you can run in the woods like those people in that weird documentary I saw a long time ago. And, you know, I had always been sort of like outdoorsy. I had sort of like grown up. I was out in the woods a lot. Um, and I was like, these are two things that I really like now. Why don't I put them together? And then I started trail running and ultra running is just sort of like uh, a pretty natural progression from doing like any sort of length of trail run. You know, you do like any sort of Google search for trail running. I'm sure like a Billy Yang or a Ginger Runner video is going to come up. And I like fell way down the rabbit hole with all of that kind of stuff. And now three years later, here I am, I run ultras. So it's great. Um, how Hedgen plans are great too. I, I think, I think many people use those as their, especially as a starting spot. Like that's, that's what I did. I know when I did it's my like, first half, it was our first full, like I was using those as a guideline mm -hmm. cause I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't have any clue what I'm doing. I'm just kind of winging it, but, um, yeah, I mean, if we're on the uh, the training plan recommendation portion of the show, um, I've been such a huge fan of the book Training for the Uphill Athlete. Uh, Steve House, Scott Johnson, and Killian Journey sort of all co-authored this book together. Um, it's from Patagonia Books. And so like worst case scenario, right? It's like all recycled stuff, so it's not that bad to go buy a new thing. And it's got great pictures in it, but there's also like a lot of really heavy duty science mm -hmm. in it. Um, and a lot of really applicable stuff that I think sort of everyone can put into their training. So, hi Wesley, what's going on, Return Nation? My apologies. Ah. Things are a little different out here in Hawaii. There's no time zones. Your backlight's a little bright. Mm -hmm. You're almost silhouetted. He's on <sighs> island time, guys. Yeah, check check out the behind me here. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You know, you can just go home. Yeah, <laughs> I see it behind me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys can check out the these very blank walls of my apartment. Yeah, I promise so, um, I do have decorations. They're just not here. <laughs> good stuff. So how are you guys doing? 
so you guys are doing a little chat yeah, already. We, we're, we, we're not as much as you are. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we did our beer introductions. I don't know if you've got any uh, adult beverages with you over there. Uh, I'll run and grab one. I was drinking a Kona Brewing Company. Uh, I think it's the Gold Cliff IPA. It's like the best beer I've ever had. It wasn't it's, a Bud Light. Uh, no, no, it's it's an IPA, seven point two percent. Wow. It's super light though, and uh, yeah, it's it's big time for me. It's a big change, but uh, it was super good. So I've been drinking it every day here so far. Nice. I'm not sure Wesley's going to make it back to the to the mainland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a two percent two percent chance. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. It was like four degrees this morning. So <laughs> if I had the opportunity, <laughs> yeah, I think it was thirty or something over here in Columbus in that range. Yeah, it's modest, like seventy-five, only modest six degrees here. So, not too, not too terrible. No modest, complaints. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So we also talked about basically how Alex and Cam both got into ultra running, and kind of what led them down those paths. Um. And apparently, you were pivotal in Alex's ultra running beginnings. Um. As you're doing the crazy Harton around Strouds. <laughs> yeah, that was that was something. I'm running with you. It's a good yeah, loop, that was wild. I was I was basically he's like, yeah, I'll come pace you for a loop or two, and I was like, yeah, just meet me at this random trail intersection at a certain time, and I was just glad I was able to get there in time to to meet Alex to do a, a loop or two with him. But it was awesome. Nice. Um. So. Uh, we were talking about books too for a little bit. We I kind of want to go back on that topic a little bit. That one seemed to be pretty interesting, since I know Cam, you seem to be a prominent reader as well. Um, oh, talking about the Killian Jornet book, right? It was a uh, Scott Johnson, Steve House, and uh, Killian Jornet wrote that book um, all together. I think so. It's like out on the shelf um, in this other room right here. I should have brought it in, um, but yeah, it's called Training for the Uphill Athlete. Um, so yeah, I definitely recommend. I haven't read that one yet. I've only done, I've read all like Dean's books. I read Scott Jurek's book and I did the, um, oh, the Rick Roll book, the Finding Ultra or whatever that one was called. And that one was like about his, what, vegan diet switch and into the ultras. But, um, and then Dean just came out with, Dean's got one out recent, right? I believe. Oh, it was the uh, Road Dean. to Sparta. Well, it was still probably like a year ago, probably. But yeah, Dean's got like four books at this man. point. He just keeps writing them. But I mean, good for him, right? <laughs> if they, if they sell, you know, like good yeah. for Dean. I say that like I know him. <laughs> Makes a living somehow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, Wesley? You doing any reading down there? Uh, no, I haven't recently done a lot of. Uh, reading I've, t- I've actually gotten into some audiobooks i've been trying to do uh listen to an audiobook or two occasionally but uh not really running related but yeah yeah so cam i know that uh you guys started talking about your goals for this year i, I know there's one specific goal that i know uh really caught my interest when you were talking about it or when i was talking about you before this uh mm-hmm. chat and it kind of wanted me to bring it up so uh have you guys gone into the goals yet Nope. We have not. 
we just kind of finished Sweet. up getting into running, and then we were going to touch on some accomplishments next and go to goals, so we can kind of do Six. this together. Six. Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm off the speed now. <laughs> yeah. Books. Yeah. Well, yeah, circle back. I feel like your recommendations are going to be not running related. My recommendations? No, Alex's. Oh. Yeah. Okay, so you guys have had, you guys are both pretty young ultra runners, obviously being at the age that you guys are. Been, you both have six, 16 In diapers, houses. In diapers according to Crow. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Where is grandkids, remember? Grandkids. Two, he has two very lovely grandkids and you, you too. Um, yes. <laughs> what has been your biggest accomplishment so far in life and in ultra running so far? What's one thing that like you can say that you've been super proud of up to this point that really kind of changed the way you've gone about things, whether it's running related or life related? It's kind of like just made you realize, wow, this is something I can actually do and do it kind of, kind of well. And I can actually like survive these races. So what was that moment for you and how did you determine that? Let's hear up first. <clears throat> that, that life goal question. That's a, that's a big one. Um, <clears throat> well, I guess I'll start with the running one. Cause it's a little easier. Um, Back in March at the Ohio Backyard Ultra, when I, of course, didn't finish the race, I, I dropped out after 100 miles, but I, I completed 100 miles before quitting, um, which was uh, much further than I had ever run before. Um, and that was my personal goal for, for that weekend, was to get at least 100 miles. So uh, I'll call that the biggest running accomplishment to date. Life accomplishment, I guess probably just graduating uh college and uh finding employment um all by the age of 21 finding employment i feel like that's a dig uh, <laughs> yeah yeah but um so i mean my take on that has got to be you know life accomplishment is definitely getting into um graduate school um i always feel a little bit like I'm bragging every time I talk about that, but at the same time, you know, I got in, I, I earned this. So that's definitely the life accomplishment. You know, um, I'm a first generation college student. Uh, if you would have told 17 year old Cam that, you know, five years from now, you're going to run ultra marathons, you're going to live in Chicago, Illinois, and you're going to be studying anthropology at the University of Chicago, I would have thought you were taking all of the drugs at once. So, um, and then as far as running accomplishments, um, I don't know. I don't have like a traditional one. Um, and I see Michael's already roasting Alex about his top achievement being a DNF in the chat. Yeah. So I don't want to go for that either. I'll take it. But I think it's just, you know, continuing to do this. Um, and I mean, it's definitely not all on me, you know, uh, the ultra community from like the very first trail and ultra races that I did uh, made me feel very welcomed, you know, um, definitely like I belonged with them, you know, there was like very little gatekeeping, um, but just sticking with this, you know, like I picked up this really hard thing as a hobby and I'm not great at it, but I'm sort of committed to it. And I have been committed to it for a long time now. Um, so that's what we're going to go with running accomplishment is that I still run ultras. I'm signed up for three more at this point. Well, 
Only two, technically. But I've got like seven on the list potentially for next year. So we'll see. What are those first? You guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Okay, sweet. So um, I got the audio going. Uh, We'll figure out the video later. But nevertheless, um, Cam, you said you got a bunch of races on the agenda um, for next year. You mean this year, correct? 2020. Yeah, 2020. Is it 2020? I think it's still 2019 in Chicago. <laughs> we, we officially made the turn. Okay. A week ago, where you been? Uh, I mean, honestly, on New Year's, I was probably asleep at like 10 p.m. So. Seagulls and waves. Yeah, I think I got like walked over to the TV like 10 seconds before the ball dropped. Yeah. It's like, cool, I'm going to bed. But. Mm-hmm. Um. Wesley, what was going on in your background over there? My background? Yeah. Is Sounds like there's like or... a lawnmower. Yeah. You know, there's probably some kind of a animal behind me or something. There's some kind of wild uh, wildness going on here. There's got a bunch of family, a bunch of people. It's Hawaii. So I uh, apologize for the quality this week, regeneration. But we're still out here. So. You guys talked about your biggest accomplishments kind of up to this point. So obviously I think this is an exciting year for you guys. Cause I think at this point, like you guys are at the point where you cannot only just sign up for races anymore. I think that like when you sign up for a race, you kind of have to kind of put a time goal on it and kind of put a place goal on it. I know that uh, it's a mind sh- shift switch and that you guys are slowly in the transition of, of making that more often. So talk about like what your goals are for this year and like maybe what races you want to accomplish certain things at going forward. I know there's a couple on the agenda coming up here shortly. So dive into that. Let's start with Cam. Okay. Um, so 2020 goals, I have one that has nothing to do with a race, a time or a place. Um, and that's to beat Wesley or Alex in something. Um, I'm over two against these guys in races. Uh, and I'm not a fan of that. So I really need to do something about that first off this was the one that i was most interested in because i thought i i like to say personally i'm driven by competition when it comes to running there's like the community aspect for me and competition that's the two Mm -hmm. things that drive me most in this ultra sport and for you that's something that when you wrote that down i was surprised to see that as an answer and so talk about why that's important to you to be two of your best friends at a race um it's like 80 to 90% uh, banter, (laughs) Uh, to be frank. Um, You know, it's never really going to amount to nothing more than, you know, oh, you know, remember that race where I beat you, you know, or, oh, I'm 0-2 against you guys, but definitely watch yourselves, you know. Um, But, you know, um, on cold mornings, on mornings where I want to sleep in, you know, um, where I don't want to run, you know, I can always get on Strava and see whatever you guys are doing. Um, Not much. You know, and yeah, that's the problem. We've all kind of been slacking. Um, but, you know, and that can kind of push me a little bit. Um, one of the goals that I didn't write down um, in like uh, the chat thing, um, excuse me, but that I have is to sort of build more of like a team or a community feel around myself with other runners. Um, Cause I hear all of the pros uh, talk about, you know, I couldn't get through this workout without my teammates. And of course they're doing like, you know, 
12 times 400 on the track, right? But at the same time, you know, being far away from a lot of the people that I know and run with here in Chicago, I, it's, it's going to help me to think, you know, oh, OBU is coming up. I need to do this like 20 miler because, you know, Alex is going to do a 20 miler or Wesley's going to do a 20 miler. And these guys have been running more, more than me. They've been running longer than me. I've got to make up for that deficit. Uh, and it helps me commit to sort of like the process of training, um, which my other goal then is a process goal. Uh, I would like to run one 100 mile training week this year. No idea where that's going to come from uh, in terms of time or like what part of the year, but I would like to do it at some point. Um, it was a goal sort of towards the end of last year that I didn't um, end up doing. Uh, just, you know, you get busy uh, with school, writing papers, you know, it's at the end of the day, I'm always going to pick school over running at this point in my life. Um, you know, I've gone too far <laughs> in that sense, I think, to not commit fully to graduate school over most other things in my life. But yeah. And then in response to Michael Owens, what about me, Kim? Michael, you've been running at Shawnee alone since I was like seven years old. So I feel like that's a pretty far-fetched goal. Maybe when you're like a master. Mm -hmm. uh, so for 2020, I guess my, my first goal has got to be to get healthy. Um, the last couple of weeks I've gotten maybe like 15 14 miles in um running every other day uh for at best these days um so i gotta get healthy first gotta fix this knee for good so that i can get back to the uh, the saddle of 40 50 60 mile weeks which i'm used to um hopefully here in the, by the end of january i can can put my knee behind me and uh be doing that so that um I can come into backyard ultra um, in as good of shape as possible. Uh, you know, last year for that race, I told myself a number. I said I wanted to run 100 miles, and as Michael pointed out, rightfully so, that that probably uh, stopped. You know, me, Isaac, and myself, we both kind of had that goal, and we made it to 100 miles, but the race wasn't over. But we had, you know, kind of checked out emotionally. Uh, and we tried going back out, but, you know, we didn't have the willpower because we had kind of already checked out and threw the towel in. Um, so this year, I don't want to give myself any number. I intend to show up and run as far, as long uh, as, as I reasonably can. Um, so I'm not putting any time or, or mileage goal to this year. Um, unfortunately, I, I'm going to have to take my name out of the, uh, the Mount Mitchell challenge. I was signed up for that next month, uh, the 36 to, to 40 mile, uh, mountain race in North Carolina. Cause that just came a little too close on the calendar and I'm didn't get back to running, uh, as quickly as I had hoped. So my first ever DNS, uh, is that race. And then I'm also signed up for, uh, the burning river 100, um, uh, that's in July up in Northeast Ohio. Uh, I've always wanted to really since eighth grade. I, I think that was the first year I volunteered at that race. And I remember seeing all the runners at that race and being like, 
these goddamn freaks. Like, you know, I would volunteer on Saturday morning and then I'd go about my day and then I'd like go to bed that night and I'd wake up on Sunday at like 9am and be like, Oh my God, these people who I saw running 24 hours ago are still running. Um, and I remember middle school me was just blown away by that idea. Uh, but shortly after I kind of realized eventually I, I, I would want to be that those runners. Um, and you know, I've run the relay at that race to 50 mile, uh, event I've paced and volunteered other years. And then this year I, or 2019, I tried going for it all, but had to drop out 75 miles in. Um, so there's definitely like, uh, you know, kind of an emotional pull to get back to that race that I've always uh, you know, been attracted to, um, to go home, uh, with, you know, a lot of people who I know, friends and family will be out there with me. Um, so it's a real special race for those reasons. So it'd be really cool to get my first official 100, uh, mile belt buckle, uh, finishers medal, uh, at that race. So those are the only two races I have for 2020. I don't think I'm going to put anything else on the calendar. Um, at least not before Bray River because I really just got to get my knee uh, back to 100% so that I can, you know, think about bigger goals beyond that. So that's all I have to say for now. Yeah, I think it's super interesting that both of you wanted to put the 100-mile distance as kind of one of the key components to your 2020 goals. But in addition to that, you both are also primed and ready to go for Ohio's Backyard Ultra in some sense. You guys both have that race kind of in the forefront of your year. So how are you going to, I know it feels like this year you guys are preparing for the race differently than you were, say, last year. Maybe this year it's more of a focus on the mental side of things. How do you think that's kind of like shifted? How do you think it'll play out? And how do you think that's going to help you going forward? Do you think, I know personally for me, I went into Ohio's back at Ultra last year saying, I'm not, I'm just going to run as far as I can, not put a number on it. And it didn't pan out as well as it did as say Bob's back at Ultra when I had a number set. So do you think it's better just to go in with a mindset of, hey, I'm not putting a number on it? Or is it better to put in your number at like, say, 150 miles and then going from there? Well, I think we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've definitely got different approaches. Um, this test doesn't exactly hold scientific muster, but, you know, <laughs> we'll make some conclusions. Yeah. It wouldn't be the first time an ultra runner made suspicious conclusions. So, I mean, I guess I am quantifying my goals a little bit. I I uh, plan on you know calling off work on Monday, uh, you know. So, not yes. saying I plan to be running on Monday, but uh, going to make plans to not be home yet. Uh, so mm. we'll, we'll see if uh, what that means. Yeah. But I, I guess it just depends. Like I. I really think I internalized the race with myself last year. I focused on myself. I wasn't really like looking at how many people were still standing. I was just like checking in with myself and making sure I could get back to the starting line every hour. Uh, and then that hundred mile mark hit the sun rose and I was like, peace. Uh, it's been real. Um, but had I taken the time to process what was happening around me and kind of looked outside of just how I was doing, you know, I might have been motivated because I mean there were only about ten people still standing at that point. So, you know, who knows if I had just went out for another hour and just you know 
went to see how far I could have made it. Would have been ugly, but I'm sure I could have moved for at least a few more hours um, and given it a try. And there's definitely a part of me that regrets that. Um, so I think like I owe it to myself this year to approach it without putting like a, a mileage goal on just saying I'm going to go for it and just see where it it lands obviously there's some really uh, impressive resumes on the entrance list but i i welcome that because that just means it's a better chance that it goes further and it's more of a party so i'm not even like intimidated or anything i just think it's cool that you know people who have proven to run really really long distances are going to be there um so i'm just looking forward to showing up um hard to say again being injured right now i'm obviously not going to be quite as in shape it'd be nice to have a good winter training block under the belt but that's not going to be the case obviously uh so um that definitely hurts my confidence a little bit but you know there's a lot of muscle memory um that, that comes from having run for all the years i have so i think once i get back in the groove a little bit with training um, i can get back to where i was hopefully pretty quickly um and then it's just it's, it's a mental game um so I think it might help a little bit if I don't give myself a number um, and just say, go out there until you drop. Um, keep it simple. Uh, probably a little bit less stressful for me if I, because if I were to pick a number, it'd be 150 miles or 170 miles or 120 miles and all of those sound absurd. Um, so I, th I think it's an easier approach just to go out there and plan on having fun for a little while. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a great way of, I think, going about it. And I think that, like, the backyard format, obviously, everyone kind of knows that everyone's kind of in the same boat. Everyone has to stop for X amount of time every every loop, no matter what. They can't start the next loop for the next hour. So even if, like, Jim's, Jim Wamsley came up to this backyard event, like, he's not going to out. He's not going to outsmoke you. You know, it's hard to get intimidated because, like, you're never going to be too far away from, like, the Harvey Lewis's of the world and mm -hmm. the Tim Crow's of the world and whatnot. So, I'm not worried about Tim Crow. Yeah. <laughs> One of those but, old guys does not scare me. <laughs> One of those days is not like the other, but yeah, um, yeah it's, it's, it's just different. Cause you're always, you're kind of all together at the same time. So I kind of like how Alex said, it's easy to not get intimidated going forward, going off the next race, burning over for Alex. How important is that race going to be to finish? I know John's also running it as, his first 100 mile attempt how big will that be race be for you i think it's one of those things that i just want to like check off the list like obviously it's not you know a highly competitive you know race by certain measures it's obviously not western states like anything up in, in those uh top tier races um but you know it's just it's always been a fun race to be a part of and it, it fits well on the calendar so um you know, it makes sense for that for logistical reasons for me too this year. Um, and I think it'll just be really cool because I know my family will be able to be out there, at, you know, on the course and at the finish line at whatever odd hour that's at. Um, you know, so I, I value that a lot. Um, you know, just being able to have, you know, family and friends uh, out there as opposed to going somewhere to another state far away where I probably won't have uh, many people who I know there. So, um, I think it'll be cool if I can can get that finish, which I which I plan to this year. Um, even if I have to to walk it in, um, I think I just want to get it done, and then I can at that point focus on branching out a little bit and you know finding some other uh, races, maybe in other states or you know with more elevation or, or what have you. So it, it'll feel good, uh, kind of just be like a weight off my shoulders a little bit. 
um, to get that to get that buckle there. Tim wants to know if you need a pacer. Uh, I'll yeah, be happy to on that job. <laughs> uh, does that mean you, you're not running it, or I'm not running Bernie? No, I'm not going to run. No, Tim, I was talking to Tim. Text him in the comments. Yeah, not through this whole tech thing. Tim, I did not get to pace Alex at last year's Burning River one. Yeah, so I feel as though I'm owed one. Yeah, I know. I'll see you at the start, Alex, for maybe a few minutes. That'll probably be the last time I see you. You never know, man. It gets weird out there. It can, um, but you're definitely a, a faster runner than me, so. Well, it's an out and back course, right? Oh, yeah, I will, oh, yeah that's high. correct. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll cross yeah, paths one more time. At least twice. <laughs> at least twice. <laughs> Hopefully. I got yeah. a whoop whoop from Tim Crow uh, while yeah. he was blowing up. Uh, I guess I can't make fun of him too much because I dropped out, but he mm -hmm. did not look good uh, when I saw him. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, Tim Crow and blowing up, he assured me Wesley was going to blow up at the Shawnee 50 at an aid station. And then at the next aid station, uh, Tom Jackson uh, for Senate, um, uh, District 24, right? Sure. Um, yeah, little plug there. Uh, he told me that Wesley was like an hour and a half up on me. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so. Yeah, Wesley wasn't, wasn't like first place for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, he led the race for quite a while, yeah. and then he like mm -hmm. bonked or something. Uh, At least no I one went the Shawnee Fifty. Yeah, I was in first place just because there was no one else that wanted to be in first place that day until mile twenty-three. <laughs> so hmm. it was basically like just a casual pace, and uh, eventually the winner of the race caught up to me and just dominated all. He ran the first twenty-two miles the same. The last thirty-six miles he ran the race like just the same pace the whole way. And it was kind of impressive to see him stay consistent all day. So, should he eat more candy? I had like forty-five of those oatmeal cream pies, and that's all I needed. So, hey, why is that forty-five a new trend? oatmeal cream pies for fifty-four miles? Yeah, <laughs> ask Michael. I'm not a big math guy, but that's almost one per mile. <laughs> yeah, I was. I mean, I know what grade I got in math for social scientists here, um, but you know. Cam is a scientist. I guess. <laughs> Some people use that word pretty loosely when it comes to social scientists. Yeah. So you guys are both, I don't know how to say this, very conscious about your recovery and your cross-training and everything else kind of in that sphere of running that like maybe not a lot of people at the age of sub-23 years old would really think about i know myself i'm not really uh in that boat <laughs> a lot of the times I, I kind of get that superman mentality where you can kind of do whatever you want because you can recover quick you're young and you just think nothing will happen to you how has your life events and your like training throughout your life kind of changed that mentality for you why is it the fact that you guys put in the amount of work that you do in the cross training and the stuff outside of just the regular running why is that so important to you guys? I'm going to start with Alex. Well, because I have no other uh, option these days. Um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty reactionary as a runner. I, I just didn't do it a whole lot until uh, my knee was giving me issues uh, going back to October of 2019. Um, 
so I, I had never really been injured before, but back in high school, I remember uh, I wasn't actually diagnosed. I never went to a doctor, but I was feeling like I had plantar fasciitis. Um, and after a couple of weeks of like different stretching and rolling, nothing was really uh, helping at all. And then I read about this little slant board. I actually have it over here um that you just kind of stand on pretty simple gadget and just kind of strengthen the lower extremities um so i started using that every day as a freshman in high school and it worked like within a week i was feeling good so i was like okay this thing uh helps so i just got in a habit of doing that every day and i've done it every day since um and then i hadn't been injured since then until uh october um so that's when i realized i had to like figure something out that kind of got me out of that hole. Uh, so I started doing some the rehab exercises that my doctor gave me. Uh, and then I realized that uh, you, or yoga was really helping me. Some of those deep stretches and stabilizing positions um, was, was kind of unmatched and uh, helping getting some release and uh, relief to that knee. Um, and uh, yeah, I've just been doing that on, on YouTube. Um, watching yoga classes and doing it in my bedroom uh, as much as I reasonably can. Uh, so that's been the best thing for me and uh, feel better each day I do it. So I plan on continuing that um, as long as I'm having issues to, to get me out of this injury hole. So honestly, I never really did a whole lot, um, but the two times I've had an injury, it's caused me to shake up my routine um, and kind of make sure I'm doing everything I can to, to stay as healthy as possible. So I would just say I just kind of react to whatever whatever I'm feeling. But you can. Yeah. Um, so I've got a very opposite um, experience to that. Um, so I first started thinking about recovery and that kind of stuff as a football player um, in high school. You know, I remember we did ice baths always like during two a days, you know, um, when things were acting up, you went and you saw the trainer. Um, but then my senior year, uh, I also had a knee injury, slightly different from what Alex has going on, uh, torn ligaments, um, fractured my patella, um, had to get a reconstructive surgery at the age of 17. Um, and then had about six months of physical therapy multiple times a week after that, because, you know, I mean, I remember being 17 years old and being put um, in a wheelchair from uh, like the MRI machine back to like the doctor's office and the doctor asking me, oh, do you want to be like active as an adult? You know, we don't have to do the surgery. You can walk around like a normal person without having this done. We can get you recovered to that point. Um, so I had to make a choice on whether or not I wanted to like continue doing things I liked, um, like hiking, you know, and I did. And, you know, it sort of all evolved out of that. You know, I spent the next six months, you know, um, trying to like regrow my right leg, essentially. Um, if you've never known someone who's had like an ACL reconstruction, uh, one of the funny things is that your quadricep like literally deflates. Um, it's almost like there's nothing there anymore, just like a bunch of loose skin on the top of your leg. Um, so after that, I became a little more mindful of it, um, especially in regards to running, because when I first started to running, I had 
all kinds of aches and pains that were new to me. And they were so different from the kinds of things that you would get uh, playing a contact sport. You know, um, if you have some like plantar fasciitis pain, you know, maybe it hurts in the morning and at the night, or maybe it hurts a little bit all day long. Um, you know, if you have like some sort of football injury, you know, like the most common things we always had like a bunch of bruises and stuff from like getting hit. Um, and that's so different versus something that you can kind of like run on, but you kind of can't and it affects like the rest of your life, you know? So I've always tried to commit, um, like between 10 minutes and like a half hour every day to doing some like really light exercises and then stretching and foam rolling. Um, cause at the end of the day, it's really not that much time. I probably waste that much time every day on Instagram, even though I also do this, you know? So yeah, that's sort of like my tip for that is like make it sustainable um, and just do a little bit every day instead of thinking that you need to do, you know, the one hour of foam rolling every Sunday or, you know, one hour with whatever new recovery product somebody's trying to sell you um, on social media now, you know, you can get a foam roller for probably like $10 and they're going to work just as well most of the time. So, mostly, um, so I kind of want to go more into detail uh, with your guys' injuries. Um, specifically, maybe we can start with maybe Alex's injuries is the most recent, um, and go more in depth about what happened and what exactly you've been doing to build back the strength. And kind of what you've been also doing in terms of a mental aspect, because if you're not running as much, and that's kind of for most people ends up being like a meditative thing, you mm-hmm. kind of had to do something else probably to help keep you moving. Um, so I kind of want to hear more about that. Yeah. So I, I think it was just a culmination of it was my first really like full year of running big races. Um, and yeah, you know, I was having a lot of fun with it. And I, kept signing up for that next race um throughout 2019 um and i was feeling good training in coming into shawnee um things things for the most part were going well and i had a good race that shawnee i mean i finished finished it strong and i was eighth place um i had no aches or pains during um finish finish with a smile um and uh, i took a few days off after as like i normally would after a, a race of, of that volume um it was that it was that friday after so about five full days off um i go for a run and my knee was aching a little bit uh so i kind of shrugged it off i was like okay that's probably normal try a couple days later and it was the same so i like took another week off i was like okay just let's reset here and then knee was only got worse when I tried again a week later. Uh, so that was getting a little frustrated at that point, about two weeks after I could tell that, you know, this ache was still there. And for a few weeks, it was kind of that cycle. I'd take a week off then I'd try again and my knee would be pretty achy. And within about three miles of running, I could tell I was not smart to continue any further. Um, so that was kind of what it was like for about a month. I didn't want to admit to myself it was anything more than like an ache that I could, handle you know by rolling and stretching and doing all the tricks i know um that i've heard about over the years at home which i had been trying and icing and everything um 
to, to no avail. So after five weeks, I finally saw the physical therapist and uh, it was back up. I was home one weekend up in Solon. Um, so I, I saw someone up there and uh, he kind of shrugged. I mean, he, you know, he, he worked out my knee and he didn't think it was too serious. He, he referred, he thought it was patellar tendonitis. Um, and he thought, you know, maybe another session that, and that would be good. Um, so then I was back in Columbus and I went to the doctor who he referred me to here. And, uh, she was a little bit more concerned, um, when, when she first felt it than from what I heard from him. Um, because I still wasn't running and it had been, was getting close to two months by the time I saw this next doctor. Um, so I went to, I think four total sessions with her over about a month and a half, uh, with her. That was through the end of, uh, December. Um, and, uh, wasn't making much progress. And then I ended up getting an MRI cause I was still having pain, uh, even after a few sessions and she was getting kind of worried. So the doctor ordered me an MRI and, uh, I had to pull up the results cause I had never heard of the muscle. Um, but, uh, the result was that, uh, a sprain at the junction of my poledius muscle, which is a lateral hamstring attachment. Um, I, I Googled that after and it's this relatively small muscle that kind of runs around, uh, the inside to the back of the knee. Um, so I guess that that's been, uh, sprained, uh, which there was no tear. So I suppose that's a good thing because she was worried that, uh, I was going to have a meniscus tear, um, or some other kind of damage of that nature. So, uh, my understanding is that it's not as bad as it could have been. Um, and the doctor said that a few more weeks of keeping up the rehab, uh, exercises I've been doing at home, um, and doing easy runs, I should be good soon. So, um, hopefully I don't have to go back in for any more, uh, physical therapy. Um, so I'm going to keep, keep up on the at home exercises and keeping the running relatively easy for a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, so it was tough. It was definitely my first time uh, being injured for this long. I mean, it's been almost th or over three months since the injury first uh, set in. Um, and it took me, again, like I said, it took me like the first month to even admit to myself that I was hurt because um, I'm used to dealing with aches and just kind of taking care of it on the fly. But this ended up being different, and I didn't want to admit that for a while. And then finally I did that, and that's when I, you know, had to address that. I was not currently running. I had to commit to doing other activities. So uh, I've been doing a lot of strength training in the gym at my apartment, um, a lot of push-ups. So I think I'm a little stronger than, than ever. So there's a blessing in disguise there um, from spending time in the gym, uh, kind of working on other things. I've been able to walk a good amount on the treadmill uh, just to keep the legs moving. Um, uh, so nothing, nothing too exciting, but uh, kind of – kind of force myself to spend at least a few minutes in the gym um, doing whatever I can just to stay strong and uh, move a little bit. Um, and it, I think the lesson I learned was that, you know, you have to be very conscious of your relationship with running. Um, I really came to, to like running and like the void, uh, I guess you could say it filled, you know, the, the commitment it was, I really enjoyed having that, that commitment in my life. Um, and then at any moment it can get taken away. So I don't mean to be dramatic cause my injury is not that serious, but 
to anyone at any time, running can just be taken away. Uh, and you have to be prepared to not have, you know, that outlet in your life at any moment. Um, so it kind of taught me just to be careful with what your relationship is with running, uh, because it is fragile. Uh, running is dangerous. Um, and, you know, something out of your control, you know, anything can happen that could sideline you for a period of time, a long time, um, whatever it might be. Um, I think it's just healthy to make sure you're you're in check with what your relationship is to the sport um, and, you know, just kind of keeping things uh, realistic and understanding that, you know, the risk you're putting yourself through. So, uh, again, injury could have been much more serious uh, and prolonged. So uh, I don't have much to complain about. Again, in about 15 years of running, this was the first like extended period of time I had to take off. So I have a lot to be fortunate for uh, in my years of running to this point. Um, so I, I don't mean to, to complain much, but it definitely was a good uh, personal lesson about, um, you know, the relationship you have with, with the sport and running. The, um, the pain that you had with the knee injury, was that like a, was that something that you were like a stereotypical, like a low scale level pain and it just kind of was there all the time? Or was it something that was like a bit more uh, excruciating or, you know, come in and out and that you were like, all right, this is this is something new or different. Like what made you realize that that was a different type of injury? Yeah, the pain itself was never like excruciating. I was never I was never limping or, you know, never affected my range of motion. Um, you know, it, it was mainly because I don't think I ever let it get to that point. Cause you know, I'd go for a run, I'd make it maybe two miles. And by that third or fourth mile, uh, it'd be aching pretty good. Uh, it wasn't too sharp, um, or anything like overly concerning, but you know, it was enough to like slow me down. Uh, and I would stop and my knee would kind of be aching as I walked around or sat for a couple of days following those, those early runs. Um, and then, uh, Again, like three, four, day, or day, four, four days later, I would try again, or a week later, I'd try again, and uh, the pain would just be right back again as soon as I would start on those those second runs after, even after a few days off. So I knew when I was taking the time off and then trying again and the pain was still there, and then it would hurt for a few days after again, uh, I could just tell it wasn't getting any better. Um, there were certain stretches, you know, where I would, you know, different like quad stretches, uh, I couldn't do lunges. Um, some of those uh, motions were, you know, you kind of like bend your knee pretty good um, that I used to be able to do no problem. Uh, I couldn't get into those positions and do those movements or stretches. Um, so that was kind of a red flag um, when I wasn't able to do those um, without some serious pain. Uh, so like I said, the first month I because it was relatively minor pain, I wasn't admitting or wanting to realize it was an injury, but it really was persistent. And then I started to notice that every time I would bend my knee, it would be clicking, um, but kind of be like a popping sensation on the outside. Um, so I became cognizant of that and that, that made it pretty clear that something wasn't working. <laughs> it was more than just uh, a sore knee. It was something was out of line and the doctors confirmed that that is an issue. Um, so uh, there were a few warning signs that started to add up and the doctors confirmed um, some of that. Yeah. I was find it interesting because I feel like the harder part would be to realize something that's not 
excruciating because a lot of times, you know, there's that mentality of like, you know, suck it up, push through it. If it's like a low level pain, just kind of work through it. But then at the same time, you know, had you kept doing that, you might have done significantly more damage. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that a little bit, you know, like in those early runs, maybe if I had just pushed through and went for like a 10 mile run just just to see if it would loosen up, um, you know, maybe somehow that would have been good. Uh, but you know, I think it became pretty clear if I'd go for a three mile run, I would be in pain for, for three days, even though it was like minor pain, the fact that it was there, uh, I could just tell it wasn't right. Now I've dealt with aches before. Um, I've, I've run, you know, I've, I've had knee soreness and aches before when I was training a lot and I've been able to kind of knock that down pretty quickly, um, and keep running. But I realized when I was doing some of those stretches and strength exercises that I had known and it wasn't making a difference on my own. Um, eventually I, I realized that something wasn't right. Yeah, that's really uh, well said, Alex. And Regeneration, if you guys have a question to drop in the chat for one of these guys, just make sure to throw that in the chat below and we'll try to get that question answered for you guys. Kind of going off the injury topic a little bit, uh, a lot of people make assumptions when it comes to ultra running. People just assume like, oh, running's bad for your knees and a bunch of other assumptions that maybe people that don't participate in the sport really understand fully. So my question is, what is something you wish you could make people understand about running ultras? And what do you think that people assume about ultra running that just isn't true? So let's start off with Cam here. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, most of my interactions with people are not with other ultra runners. Uh, believe it or not, we're actually a small population of people. Um, you can sort of lose that, you know, um, when you know, all you follow on Instagram or other ultra runners, uh, the majority of the people that you talk to throughout the day are, and then you end up in like a different group of people. And, you know, for example, like I casually mentioned to somebody here um, at school when we met up to study, I was like, oh yeah, it's so cold. I had to run inside on the treadmill this morning. And she kind of like rolled her eyes. And she was like, oh wow, that must've been like so difficult for you. You know? Um, Who's this so she? Uh, this is just uh, a woman in some of my classes. Um, but I think there's like this assumption that if you run ultras, you're some like super fit, super hardcore athlete, you know, um, and we're just, we're just not um, like as a population, you know, um, it's pretty much everyday regular people who run these races. If everyone who ran these races were ultra fit, super hardcore people, there'd be like four or five people at every race, you know? Um, and the thing that I wish that like I could make people understand is that like running isn't really about like exercise or pain or losing weight. Um, you know, running for me is primarily uh, like a practice of joy, you know, like, um, and that's not to say that there's times where I don't like feel like I'm grinding you know, there's times where I don't want to run when I wake up in the morning, but you know, you want to be able to like put someone in your shoes, you know, and you're just like hitting the top of the climb at Shawnee or Mohican and the sun's kind of just coming up and poking out of the trees and be like, do you feel this thing that I feel? Cause in that moment, there is so much possibility and so much joy that, you know, I don't know why anyone who would ever feel that wouldn't then not run ultras you know and i'm sure other people get it from other places and that's great but you know 
this is where I get it and I'm not some masochist who you know is out to hurt myself definitely definitely Alex go for it yeah um well maybe this is a hot take but like usually what I what I tell people when they hear how far I run is that like running like a fast marathon or a fast 5k and the training that goes into that I think is harder more impressive takes more discipline you know all the above um to accomplish uh you know some of those uh, impressive racing times spicy uh, compared spicy to, compared to finishing 100 miles of course you can go into detail you know if you want to talk you know jim walmsley's western states times like that's obviously a different level but what i'm doing uh in my ultra running uh is much less impressive than what a lot of you know, more common people are doing uh, in shorter distance races who it's, it's probably more of a mainstream thing. So, uh, which I don't think people comprehend how that's possible, but you know, when you're running like 14 minute pace for a hundred miles, you know, it just doesn't take the same uh, output as it does to run six minute miles for 26. Um, so I think ultra running, at least the way I approach it uh, for now, I don't want to speak for anyone else. Um, you know, it doesn't take nearly as much discipline um, as it does because I'm not going to the track once, twice a week and running this detailed, you know, dialed in workout where I'm hitting exact splits to the second uh, run around the track. Like, I'm just not doing that. You know, I'm going out by feel most days, maybe some, some rough mileage targets. I'm really looking at pace. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm really just moving by feel and having fun and uh, building confidence by running for a few hours, at least uh, once, once or twice a week. Um, so I, the way I view it is I don't think it's as crazy. I think it's just, it's just one outlet that we have. And I think a lot of people have something similar that just isn't ultra running, you know, um, it's, it's a social thing. It's, it's just a way to have fun. Um, which, which I can totally understand how someone might call that crazy, but I guess just like, kind of like how Cam said, we're not really that, uh, you know, strong or that fit. <laughs> we're just stupid. Um, usually what I say, uh, it takes a lot more stupidity than any amount of fitness or talent <laughs> to do a lot of what we do in ultra running. Um, so that's kind of the misconception out there is that like i'm not like some superhuman by any means i'm just stupid enough to try some things um so i guess i'd want people just to understand that you know it's it's not so much some some crazy talents or discipline just you know slightly weird pretty stupid um hobby that we have and uh, I like to reassure people that it is fun, uh, that I have good friends who I do it with. Um, and that's kind of the big part, uh, for me. Uh, and I think that makes it a little bit more relatable, I would hope. <laughs> so definitely, definitely. Uh, and, and another thing I, I, I'd like to add, uh, my, my first cross country coach in, in high school, uh, Wayne Varib, uh, he would always like to say how, you know, there's a lot worse things you could be doing with your life than, than running for, you know, however many hours or, or miles you're out there for, um, you know, which, which really resonated because there's certainly people who uh, are making questionable life decisions, uh, you know, on the weekends or whenever. And, you know, it feels good to know that, 
I'm not doing certain things to myself <laughs> um, that, that others might, um, you know, whether it's drinking excessively or, or, or what have you, um, you know, I, I'm a little bit reassured that uh, my, my extreme habit uh, is at least like a good exercise and uh, I'm taking care of myself while doing it. So I get some reassurance from, from that mantra. Yeah, really well said. Uh, before we wrap up, I'm going to hit you guys with a couple rapid fire questions. So basically, uh, answer these in as little as words possible. Say like less than 10 words. So I'm just going to start off here. What is something that nobody knows about you in regeneration that could be like a random hobby or something else that you do for fun outside of running? Go for it, Cam. Um, so I like cooking and baking. Um, baking, not like weed or weed brownies as someone's probably assuming right now but like bread so nice awesome alex i have a uh, web toes <laughs> i went from bread to web toes right there yes. i just want to point that out yeah <laughs> that's, that's a good transition uh yeah. what's the best piece of advice you've ever received Uh, general life advice or about racing ultras? Um, oh boy, general life advice. Both, either. Okay. Um, I think. I mean, I think just. I guess the best advice for everything is just like, be patient. You know, um, better phrase probably for ultras like if it hurts, keep going. It's going to get better, and if it feels like it's going really well, stay patient. It's going to get worse. True. Best I've heard, uh, show up. Uh, pretty pretty simply, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to be the smartest person, or you know, if you're talking about like school or or work or whatever, you know, but you got to be in the room, you got to be present, and if you keep showing up to the right places, you know, people are going to recognize that. Um, of course, I can see how that applies to running too. You know, show up to that training run, show up to the starting line. You know, you might not be sure you can do certain things, or you can hang with certain runners, but if you show up. That's the only way you're ever going to find out. Um, so simply put, show up. Sounds like you're living that to the fullest at Ohio's Backyard Ultra in a couple couple months here. Uh, what is one TV show that you'd both recommend? Uh-oh. You guys have both to recommend? Yes, together. Um, I feel like the obvious always answer is it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, just, you know, something that's the egg in these trying times. Yes. So. We definitely weren't uh, making uh, "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia" uh, references at like mile five of Shawnee, 2019. Mm -hmm. No, there was a large group of men in that like sort of second pack that were totally in on all of those jokes that we made. In the woods, in the dark, grown men talking about eggs. Yeah. The worst yeah. things in life. And lastly, one last question here: What is one bucket race? one bucket list race <laughs> that you guys want to accomplish uh in your lifetime what's the one goal whether it's western states hard rock hurt 100 or another race go for it alex uh that's a good question um haven't thought about that too much because there's so much out there i feel like there's like probably some race out there that i've never heard of but that like if i read about it I'd be like oh wow that's so cool um so I feel like I'm going to say something and then I'm going to realize something else. But for now, it's probably hard rock um, just because of how hard it is to get into. Um, that kind of like adds an appeal to it. Um, I kind of like the style of it. Um, 
doesn't favor the fast, talented runners. It's you know a grind. Uh, there's a reason they give you 40 hours uh, to finish that thing. Um, so there's definitely an appeal to that race. Well, Cam. Yeah. Um, in keeping with me having pretty ridiculous life goals, uh, you heard it here first. I'm gonna win Hard Rock. Um, <laughs> I mean. Committing to getting your PhD as a first-generation college student is a big goal, so count on it. After I get this PhD, I'm going to win the Hard Rock 100. I look forward You've, to it. You told me that a couple times uh, in private, and I've always just not really laughed, but like it's just such a crazy goal to kind of put out there. It's uh, inspiring, inspiring to say the least. It's a real big goal when you've only ever ran like 50 miles. So Not at altitude either. It's going to take like eight years. I got time. Wesley, what's yours? My bucket list race. Yeah. Uh, I think Cascade Crest 100 is uh, on my list for sure. There's a couple of that's West your, Coast, that's Oregon. That's your bucket list race? Yes, of all the races in the world, Cascade Crest. Yeah, that, I, I, don't wanna, I, I just want to do a race in Oregon and uh, Seattle in that region. The Terramara, whatever, that 10-away, 100-mile races. That's another new race out in that area looks like a really good race i just want to race in that region i've done a couple 50 milers but i think a 100 miler out there would just be incredible hmm. so i mean obviously like hard rock would be really cool and uh i'm honestly not that interested in western for whatever reason um i think it'd be cool but i think there's like 17 other races uh, i'd rather run before western so i think my only pull to western is because i've read dean's book as and that was one of the main reasons i started running ultras to begin with so just for that part of it but other than that like i would want to do utmb oh yeah that's a good one just because i want to run like multiple countries like that over there that i think that would be plus all the pictures from that place are just wicked gorgeous so definitely definitely well thank you guys for joining us tonight for our third edition of ridge hunter live uh we got cam wrench and alex jackson here uh participated with us all night um where can they find you guys on social media i know that the single ladies out there all of them watching uh both of these guys are single if you guys are looking for someone to talk to where can they find you on social media guys i think i think all my platforms uh are at alex jackson 716 but don't get too excited i don't really post too much but check it out cam yeah, it's also at CamWrench. Um, I get no notifications, so I don't be patient, any. as I said. But, you know. So if you're sliding into their DMs, uh, just <laughs> give them a couple days to get back to them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I think that wraps about this episode up. Um, thanks, for Ridger Nation, for tuning in and enjoying this episode. We'll have more coming out in the future. Uh, we had a Road to 100 drop th this morning early, so if you haven't got a chance to go watch that, go check that out. I'll run down tomorrow um, and we'll be back at you next week. Yeah, I'll be back in Ohio, hopefully. Maybe. No, you're not coming Stay back. Stay in Hawaii. Plus, he's not coming back ever. Stay in Hawaii. Why would you come back? It's 5 p.m. here, by the way. It's crazy. Oh, man. Well, it's only 9 p.m. here, so. Well, it's 10 here. Yeah. So. Time zones. Yeah. Ash traps bedtime, so. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Wherever I am. All right. Later, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. See you later. <laughs>